Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Previously on Brain Buster Boys. Fox Monroe. I represent Last Tycoon Productions, Los Angeles, California. Absolute pleasure to meet you. I want this fun to be the first step to you having a voice heard by more than just online wrestling. Even more than making money from this, I want you to fucking influence the sport. Hey, what'd you think about our Milwaukee episode? Yeah, uh, I've got to be honest, Freddy, baby. It wasn't your best. I mean, the last thing I want to do is run you off here. No, no, not at all, Brett. I am by your side the whole time. One more thing before I got to go. That Greg Goldman thing in the last episode, I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, so did we. Lean into it. It's not easy becoming a brain buster boy. You know. No shortcuts. No, there's not. You're exactly fucking right, Boma. Oh, hold the fuck up. Are you trying to sell me something? Listen, I don't know if you put, but I got fucking money to shell out. Gregory, I need you to listen to this. This guy is a, is a train wreck. RSX hits Union Pacific, kaboom, like, you know. You know, I wanted a chance to be a fucking brain buster boy. But I fucked it up, man. But Greg, I'm not so sure that being a brain buster boy is what you want. I want you to have your own show. One better than the brain buster boy. Welcome to the Greg fucking Goldman Report. And I've got two purveying words. Fuck you. I fucking quit, boys. Good luck fucking sailing the ship without me because I just fucking sank the entire thing. Get fucked, get fucked. Get fucked. Buster Boys, episode 37, after a week off, coming at you. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, so this is not the Greg Goldman uh, report hour no. uh, uh, um, thing, thing. No, it is yeah. not. No, it's not. We are establish still, that now. We yeah. are still reeling a bit from... Uh, Whatever the hell that was that uh, invaded our last episode, uh-huh. our homecoming episode, our Cincinnati Dynamite episode. Uh, for those who didn't listen, we'll just mention it real quick. Our former WWE correspondent, Greg Goldman, quit the show a few weeks ago and apparently now has his own show that somehow got on to the end of our show. We talked about it in a YouTube video, so we don't want to get too much into it, right. but we're still pissed off. We're still confused. Greg hasn't returned any of my calls. Fox Monroe hasn't returned any of your calls. 
I guess, do we ask Chad and Diesel at Visionaries Global we have, Media? Well, we kind of have to because yeah. it was on their thing too. Yeah, when we you know, sent, when uh, you sent the edit, it yeah, did not obviously it have, have it. Have it. So it found its way on there. Um, okay, so uh, just kind of you know, I, I was thinking about this on the on the drive here and last night. Yep. Uh, and uh, pretty much uh, most of the time mm -hmm. uh, since it's happened. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so like this is worst case scenario. He started his own show. Like I guess this could still be a prank. Yeah. You know, like someone could have, you know, put that, or maybe he could have. I don't you know, know done what it. that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, you know, that's what it's made to appear to be. But, like, I mean, come on. Like, how could that guy, like, you know. That's why like, That's but, why but, it's like, is Chad and Diesel oh yeah, well, somehow well, well, involved well, in this? Well, there were, like, people there. There's, yeah. like, a, a studio audience. And it's know? Greg Goldman's hour. Yeah. Like, this, not only does this motherfucker have a show, it's an hour. It's an hour. And it's like, how is he going to do it from from his like, we like we his didn't shithole apartment yeah, in yeah, Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we saw like the conditions, the yes. squalor that this guy like lived in. Like, Which he, big week for Queens this week as we'll get involved. Sure, or get, yeah, get yeah. Into, but uh, yeah, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Um. I mean, we're just gonna you know we gotta talk 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 talk. talk. We gotta talk to Chad and Diesel. We we, we gotta get a. Get in touch with Greg or Fox or both at some yeah, yeah. point. So, like, so, they're both ducking us. So, yeah. Um, you know, kind of the way I, you know, thought of... And, like, it took me a while to get to this point. Yeah. Um, let's not jump to conclusions. No. You know, we don't have enough information. We just have the bit and what was said in the bit. We press on. And so, we press on and... Uh, Hopefully it won't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to make damn sure of it that it won't fucking happen again this hell week. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, let's have some fun. Uh, coming off a week off hey, where I hey. uh, went to Red River Gorge, spent some time out in the woods. It was great. Uh, what did you do with your week off? Oh, man. What? I guess it was last weekend at this yeah, what point. what the fuck but did I do? Um, probably a bunch of great shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I um, watched the Louisville UCF game. Oh, yeah. I, have a UCF hat now that yeah. I'm wearing. I'm a Louisville fan. I won't tell you why yeah. I have the UCF hat. And I missed that crazy game because yeah. of being. Yeah, in the yeah. Woods, you know, but... I just did a lot of cycling. You know, um, yeah. I mean, that was you know kind of getting the episode done, and you know that was happening. Um, you know, I just needed to clear my head, obviously, yep. with the Greg stuff. Agreed. And, uh, you know, like I, I usually, you know, when I need to do my thinking, I ride my bicycle, and I yeah. did. Well, so, hey, um, we're back, baby, yeah. and we're coming off a huge week for all elite wrestling in Queens. The aforementioned home of that prick, Greg Goldman. What an um, ass. But, so we're going to give full recaps of both shows. And so we had, in the last episode, we recorded our, if you recall, which was Minoru Suzuki against AJ Styles from the 2014 G1 in New Japan. But that got erased. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play that for you this week. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely a fun one. And, uh... Let's just get back to business here, but before we start digging in, there was a fun question posed this week by the AEW on TNT Instagram page that I thought would uh, be a fun little conversation to kick things Some off conversation here. piece. And with AEW being in New York for the first time, they posed a question with some native New Yorkers in AEW, who would you choose as your New York City tour guide? So I'm going to run through the list here, and then I don't know if we want to just go one by one. I'll kind of let you take the reins first, yeah, and we'll yeah. just uh, have a spirited discussion, yeah. and it'll be a lot of fun. First. Even though that accent was a little triggering. Yeah. Yes. Not going to lie. Sorry. First, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Second, Eddie Kingston. Third, Santana and Ortiz. 
fourth, Chris Statlander, five, Taz, and six, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. So, I don't know, how do you want to approach this? Um, I guess first it'd be good to talk, you know, kind of like my knowledge of the city. Like, yeah. Like, like having been in the city. Yeah. Um, so, I've been to New York. I was there for like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. I flew into LaGuardia Airport, which is, talk about shithole. Yeah. Like, when we're, was this? Uh, this was in January of 2016. Okay. And uh, I was there. Um, went, went, um, you know, one from Queens and stayed in Soho mm -hmm. and just, you know, Ruby. Yeah, in Ruby, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, went over to Brooklyn. Yeah. So that's kind of my experience. Went to a Broadway show. That's kind of the big New York y thing I did. Mm -hmm. um, rode the subway a lot. Uh, you know, ran around, like, got to see all the locales. And yep, yep. So, yeah, what, 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 what's your sort of. Yeah, so I had a buddy that lived there for a little while. He doesn't anymore, but he lived in Soho as well, Ruby. Um, and would always stay at his apartment and, you know, live close enough to like the Brooklyn Bridge. And, you know, I went to Yankees games, I went to Nets games, Central, you know, kind of Empire State Building, kind of done it all because I've went like three different times, yeah. but it's been since like 2013 or since it's been a while since I've been there. So, uh, yeah, I think each one of these six uh, groups or people kind of brings something different to the table here. Yes. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? Uh, who were they? We had MJF, it was uh, Kingston, Kingston, Santana and Ortiz, Statlander, Taz, Silver, and Reynolds. So, well, a good chunk of them are from New York. I think right? they all, all are. are. Okay. The only one I'm not 100% is Statlander, but I would assume she is if she's included yeah, in, in, in this. this group. Um, the MJF one, like, like th there's sort of one answer that justifies it, and that's like, oh yeah, if you want to hang out with somebody who like rips, if you want to, you know, get kind of carved into by him the entire time, which like that's like the only justification for that, and because it's the only reason I have to cut him out, you know, like, like, like probably that, wouldn't be a very pleasant day with that. No, MJF. no, no, and and it would just be one, it'd be middle C the whole time. Although it would be interesting just to see where he went and follow him around and just see how much of a prick he is to people in real life. Because yeah. I don't think he strays too far from the gimmick. Yeah, honestly, um, so that could be fun. But um, yeah, you want you want to have a good day okay. with this person. And our second is Kingston. Yeah, he'd be he would be really good. Um, oh, I yeah. think he's a where is he from? Like I think Bronx, Yonkers, Yonkers, maybe or something like that. Yeah. yeah, wherever the hell that. Yeah, yeah. Is. So, so Yonkers. I, yeah, I think Kingston would be would be great. Um, Santana and Ortiz are, I believe, from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then. Uh, Taz, I think, is Brooklyn. Silver and Reynolds are Long Island. Statlander, I'm not sure. And I love Chris Statlander, but I'm going to eliminate her. I yeah. just feel like she's not going to bring everything we need to the table right now. If, if I'm talking compared about... Compared to some of these yeah. others, you so, know? So Silver and Reynolds, I think their um, sort of big, you know, their kind of big gun reason here is like hanging out. Like are going to have that, a lot I'm, of fun. Yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of fun and maybe like you're not going to like learn a lot. But you're going like, to party. Yeah, you're going to have gonna a good... drink a lot. You're going to eat a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because he's hungry. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that would be a lot of, you know, so that's kind of the um, egg in their This basket. would be like hijinks. Yeah, New hijinks. York City hijinks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other other two, I think, uh, Taz and Santana and Ortiz and, and, and Eddie Kingston. I yeah. think they all have similar reasons. I guess out of all of them, 
I would probably pick Taz. Number two! Well, I think Taz, like, you would, like, like he has that confrontational style, but it's more fun and lighthearted. Eddie Kingston, I think, like, you might get into something scary. Yeah, you could get into some fights, Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like something, like, pretty scary. And Santana you know? and Ortiz, like, I feel like you can maybe do some community service, because those guys are, like, always doing good shit like that in the community, but you also may end up in a back alley with a broken bottle at yeah, some yeah, point, yeah. and also kind of in a fight. Yeah, and, and, and let's be real, I love community service, but I don't, I don't want to fucking go to New York and do that. <laughs> like, like, I only mention it because I saw they did some this week in New York, but <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah, I think my final two as well. So your pick is Taz. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think my final two is Taz and Silver and Reynolds. Because, like, Taz, like, I think you are going to drink a lot, too. I think you're going to... I don't even know. But I just assume... Taz during the day, Silver and Reynolds at night. <laughs> Taz is going to take you to some good places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when dinner hits, like, that's when it changes, you know? Like... See, with Silver and Reynolds, I feel like you're almost doing just street hijinks. You're just, like, going up to people on the street and fucking with them and just having fun. Yeah. And yeah, Silver and Reynolds are my pick. I think, you know, obviously John Silver is a big part of the fabric of our show, yeah. back to the beginning. Um, I think it was him you referenced, like, hey, if one of these guys ever comes over to our house and beats us up, then yeah, we've yeah, had yeah, success. that's what, that, that's what success. So maybe we could have those guys beat our asses. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Have a little tag match. Just but fly them in here. I just think, yeah, just the sheer amount of fun you would have with those guys, and like, I've never been to Long Island, so maybe yeah. we start there, get greasy out there, and then yeah. just traverse around town, eating, drinking, being merry, yeah. recruiting people, because yeah. that was kind of their initial gimmick was they were the Dark Order recruiters. So, yeah, yeah that's my pick. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I think we have good reasons. Fun, fun stuff. Fun in the sun. Well, uh, we didn't even mention it in the little intro, but shall we jump in and recap the best episode, or excuse me, the best match in Dynamite history to kick it off? Shall we? Do you want to? Okay. One. Ladies and gentlemen, from Queens, New York, it's time for the Greg Goldman Hour. And here he is, the Big Apple's core, New York's favorite, Piers Greg! Cut the music, Ogie. Cut the music. All right. The fucking Mets lost again. This four in a row and nine out of the last goddamn ten. Jesus Christ. They're fucking useless. They fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I mean, Greg, weren't they like in a, you know, like first place for like a half the year or something like that? Uh, can it, Hogs. You don't know what it's like to be a Mets fan for 30 fucking years and deal with right. this shit as long as I have. Yeah. Not a fucking surprise that they fell apart. Not one measly fucking bit. Yeah, we nice. just want to be miserable losers forever, I guess. Fuck. <laughs> At least we're not in fucking Philly, though. Fuck Philly. <laughs> hey, why is that funny? I don't get what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> All right, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Greg Goldman Hour. How the fuck are you? Here we are. Can you believe it, Hoagie? 
We live in Manhattan, baby. We fucking made it. Gotta say, bud, it sounds like our luck's been turned right around. Shit, I found this four-leaf clover in Central Park across the street from my penthouse. Got it right here, folks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool there, Greg. Uh, be careful you don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose it. No, sure, sure, Hoagie. Hey, so all this got me thinking. Two weeks ago, we was just a couple of bums. Well, you know, you know, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, that's not entirely true. But look at us now, Hoagie. We're living large in the big city with my own fucking show. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? How the fuck about that? Speaking of how the fuck about that, back at our old stomping grounds, Queens, Arthur fucking Ash, AEW came rolling into town, Hoagie. Well, yeah, Greg, it sounds like, you know, pretty good thing for, for, you know, a little town of Queens. I think that's, uh, you know. Let me let me tell you something, Hoagie. Tony Khan, this is for you, too. If you thought that you were just going to march into Queens and think you are all of a sudden you're going to own this fucking town. I swear to God, Tony Khan, you must be so fucking dumb. You think the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Carolina Panthers. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably, you know, he, he probably just stands the owner of the team. I don't know if he, if he actually thinks that, Greg. You know. Tony Khan is so fucking dumb that he thinks Jim Ross is your Uncle Genghis. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Probably not, but I guess that my Uncle Genghis does kind of like him, too. I ain't taking prisoners tonight, ladies and gentlemen, including his Uncle Genghis. Anyway, so yeah, AW came fucking rolling into town. And I figured, you know what? People were saying it's a big show. So you know what I did? I grabbed all my fucking shit, Hoagie. I marched myself over to fucking Arthur Ashe Stadium. And I fucking sat outside and watched the show on my phone. (laughs) Now, let me tell you, when I started that fucking show, I was was surprised. Now, I've been like keeping up with AEW. I did think Daniel Bryan could still fucking wrestle, honestly. I thought Roman was carrying him at WrestleMania. But I've got to say... Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega had one goddamn firecracker of a match on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah break, didn't they? And you know what my favorite part is? It was a fucking tie because they were both the wrong person to lose. So neither of them fucking lost. For the first time in my career of fucking following wrestling, this was a goddamn logical finish. And I'm fucking baffled by it. That sounds pretty baffling, you know? Yeah. yeah, what, what, yeah. what were your thoughts about the fucking match, Hoagie? Well, see, I was... I- I see. I don't. I don't really know know nothing about wrestling. But uh, last night they 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 kept talking about this uh this thing called like a like a pin. What what is that, Greg? A fuck. Oh, it's when you're fucking when the guy's down on the ground. You fucking lift up his leg, and the ref counts to. Well, the ref's supposed to count to three, but probably someone's gonna fucking come in and hit the ref or the fucking guy in the ring or something. But once you get to fucking three, the match is over, and you win usually, unless the fucking Iron Man match. In that case, it's fucking. Like half an hour, 60 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever the fuck. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. You can move on. I was just, all right. Make a note of that. That's a pin. Is that unless Iron Man? Yeah. Match. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Right? So I kept watching the show because I figured, hey, this is a fucking good match. Could the rest of the show be fucking good? Spoiler alert. It fucking wasn't. Anyways. So fucking. The one other guy I think I gained respect for this fucking show is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That fucking MJF guy, he went out there and he fucking told the audience what he goddamn think. And then he kicked that stupid little fucking Pillman child in the goddamn head. It was amazing. Oh, Pillman child right in the head. Huh. 
Yeah, right in the fucking head. You know, kid, dad was a big fucking wrestling guy years ago. MJF fucking kicked him in the head, made him tap out the whole fucking nine yards. I got to tell you, though, one thing, one thing really fucking pissed me off, Bogey. I got to tell you. Main what, event was what, fucking. What pissed, just, just one thing. Yeah, the fuck. The only thing that pissed me off this show, besides everything else, was the fucking the main event. So you got the fucking de- the cane ripoff, the fucking dentist, Dr. Burt Baker, DMD, right? And she's fucking facing that Jabba from SmackDown, Ruby Riot. So like the whole fucking time, they're building up Ruby Riot like she's some big fucking deal. She's called like Ruby Soho now or some fucking shit like that. And they do a whole match. The dentist has got these two fucking people who are at ringside, obviously fucking around with shit. I swear to God, this was the most goddamn this is the most goddamn Nick Khan finish I've ever fucking seen in my life. Because I swear to God, fucking distraction after distraction causing the champ to get a fucking fluke win over Ruby, who had the match pretty much fucking won from the beginning. Fucking distractions, and then it's like fucking watching SmackDown. Yeah, 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 Greg. Uh, yeah, are, are you okay? Uh, how was, uh, you know, how was Raw this week? You know, people people were telling me that that was pretty good. I'll get to fucking Monday Night Raw, all right? I, there's one thing that pisses me off more than AEW. It's fucking Monday Night Raw, all right? Fucking all right. So fucking Monday Night Raw, we've got the whole shit. They announced beforehand the New Day versus the Bloodline, which, okay, so I guess they're fucking throwing away their brand extension now, you know? Biggie wins the title once, and all of a sudden Roman Reigns and his fucking goons can show up on Raw like it's no one's fucking business. <laughs> so they fucking, they have the big match I thought was going to be the fucking main event, but it opened the show. I guess it's the fucking theme for the week. Uh, and I fucking, they had their match. It was all good and fun, but then they fucking make another huge match for the main event. It's like fucking crazy. They're not booking feuds. They're fucking hot shot and shit. You know what I mean? They're mm. fucking... So the, the main event of Raw was actually Big E versus Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. And you think with these fucking three, you got to build that for like at least a couple months, right? That's got to be like a Survivor Series match, a fucking WrestleMania match. And they threw it away on Raw without announcing it beforehand. Like, that's bad business, right? That's fucking bad business. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't imagine it's very good for the ratings. Yeah. Uh, fucking Alexa Bliss doing her dumb shit still with the fucking Charlie doll or whatever. I mean, fucking look, Ali and Mansoor have been fucking building up their fucking team for months. For months, they've been building up a team. At this point, they're pretty fucking credible. And so you're going to have this new team of Gaza and Carrillo come in and fucking beat them? Didn't they feud like a year ago because they hated each other because they were family and now they're fucking tag teaming and beating people? What the fuck is that about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Hoagie, Ho, one more thing. I got to uh, talk about NXT because uh, okay, NXT is the best goddamn show on television right now. And that's for one reason or one fucking reason only. And that is Braun fucking Breaker. All right. Braun Baker. I don't know if you know of Scott Steiner. Have you ever seen the fucking numbers promo? The fucking math thing? No, no. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, he's that guy's fucking nephew, right? His fucking dad was like his brother, also a fucking wrestler. This Braun Breaker guy, he at the beginning of the show, you know, there's the rumors NXT is going to get edgier. No one knows the fuck that means. But I think it's because the fucking Stein is forcing him. He just fucking says, you fucking get your grow balls or some shit. He's saying actual like fucking fighting words out there in NXT. And he's proving it in the ring. 
He's oh, way better than all those fucking short ass fucking champ and fucking Roderick Strong's in NXT. He's the real fucking deal, Hoagie. This guy's going to be a fucking world champion in fucking a week. I tell you. Wow. That's, uh, that's cheese, cheek, Greg. That's pretty exciting. Well, uh, hey, hey, Greg. Yeah. What, what do you what do you want, Hoagie? What's your what's your crack, man? What's uh what's the best thing that happened to you this week? The best thing that happened to me this week, let me tell you, Hoagie, the best thing that happened to me this week was the fucking ratings report. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So the rating report, no one gives a shit. Yeah. The fucking ratings. I think AW won probably. I don't fucking know. It seems like they always do these days, but no one really cares. So like, it doesn't fucking matter. You know? You know numbers, right, Hoagie? You've heard of numbers? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think math is a is is, is kind of a, a beautiful art and a science, all kind of you know wrapped up into one. Why are we to, oh, are we talking about the ratings? Those are yeah. important to you, right? No, not a fuck at all. The ratings fucking oh, okay. suck. But let me tell you, I follow that shit every goddamn week. All right, and I know for a fact that it doesn't fucking matter, and that AEW is just winning, right? The fucking numbers are bigger, so they're winning. They're doing good. I think whatever. Right, 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 right. All right. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, we got ourselves a fucking show tonight. We got a big interview coming. We got a... Well, that can't be fucking right. Oh, what the fuck? That slimy, toxic... We got the slimy, toxic fucking Jim Cornette. Fuck. Why the fuck are you cheering? I fucking hate that son of a bitch. This shit is going to be terrible. He's going to ruin this entire fucking show. Down the fucking drain. Hoagie, we're done. Fuck. Uh, Greg, you know, we, we don't want to jinx ourselves here. Uh, put a fucking hot sock in it, Hoagie. Cornette's the one that's fucking jinxing everything. Cornette, who the fuck is booking this show? Jesus fucking Christ. Dynamite, September 22nd, 2021, Arthur Ashe Stadium, the home of the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. Over 20,000 in attendance, AEW's largest crowd to date, and kicking it off right away with the dream match. You know, talking about this before, it's like, Yes, this is the de facto main event, but putting it in the beginning made sense for many reasons. Mm -hmm. One, so they could have enough time, and then when you saw what happened, it's like, yes, this obviously made sense to start the show. Yeah. In which, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega battle to a 30-minute time limit draw, in which Dave Meltzer gave five stars, I gave five stars, pretty much the whole world giving five stars, because it was just Perfect professional wrestling. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, um, it was pretty exciting from start to finish. You know, um, both guys, I think, like, work really well together. Um, both guys are pretty good, you know, good, like, technical wrestlers, very rolly, very grippy, but have the spectacular moves when they need to have them. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just pretty thoroughly entertained. And kind of as time sort of drew near... Um, you knew kind of what the ending was kind of going to yeah. be. It didn't take any of the air out of it. Not and at all. though that ending, you know, kind of by virtue of being a draw is not the most satisfying ending you can have, it makes sense for the storyline. And I think, Agreed. you know, this is not only a match that 
you know, was good to watch in the moment, but I think it'll always be one that you can look back on after the story has progressed and been like, man, that was still great. Absolutely. You know, knowing that, you know, bigger things were to come. Most definitely. And yeah, again, with this not being for the title, the draw, you know, yes, they could have put Danielson over and then that gets him to earn the title shot. But I think this is the better result. Like this makes you want to see more and you know more is coming. Well, and there weren't a lot of like near falls. No, yet. not a lot of near falls. Yeah, so. I made a point. I have I made a bunch of notes on my phone just as I rewatched it. And yeah, it was like more than halfway into the match was even the first cover, yeah. you know, the first pin attempt. Yeah. So like, yeah, that was... Well, Something and, definitely noteworthy. And, and like close to halfway or two thirds of the way, like one winged angel like shows up and then he kick he gets out of it pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, so um it's like he you know, kind of at that point you sort of knew you're like, all right, you've sort of done that already. Like you kinda knew that it was heading to a different area than you would expect, like not building toward that at the very end. Yeah, I mean it took twenty minutes for the match to start. Yeah, yeah. With the V trigger. Yeah. Kind of one of our running jokes. But the Probably the biggest V-trigger I've ever seen where Kenny walked all the way up to the ramp and ran all the way down yeah, and hammered That was a massive in. V-trigger. He was like on the At the other very side top. Yeah, yeah, at the very top. And it was yeah. like that that ramp sloped down too. Yeah. So like that it was, ramp was sick. Did yeah. you usually have that ramp that no, has the... No, not like know, that because it yeah. was all colorful. Yeah, and, it was like a screen or there were lights or something. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, and before that, uh, Kenny had Snapdragon suplexed him on the ramp, and then that's what led us into the commercial after the V-Trigger. And, you know, we're probably 18 or so minutes in, and you're getting a commercial, and that's when I knew, like, yeah, they're going 30 here, and yeah. it just that's going to happen, and yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Um, again, I have so many notes, and I don't want to run through every single thing, but just let's talk about the crowd. Mm -hmm. I mean, right off the bat, Danielson, when he came out, he just looked fucking great. Like, he yeah. just looked ready to go. He was in great shape. Just his reactions, just the smiles uh -huh. mixed with kind of the determination. Yeah. And then, you know, when Kenny came in and the bell rang, the crowd just exploded and let them kind of have that moment. Yeah. And they took time. I mean, hell, it was three, four minutes before they even really started really going at it. But mm -hmm. the crowd popped even just from the first lockup. Yeah. And then they were just kind of off and running. And I just loved the slow, like this match built so slowly, but uh -huh. so perfectly. And like the strikes. So is Kenny with the chops and Danielson with the kicks. Danielson's chest was beat red like five minutes into the match. Yep. And like the whole time, like anytime they were on like standing up, they would always go back to that chop, kick, chop, kick. And, you know, I've referenced on this show many times like New Japan Kenny. This was New Japan yeah. Kenny. I mean, from your standpoint, like did you feel like this was another gear out of Kenny that you haven't really seen too much here? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like the opponent sort of brought it out. Absolutely. Like somebody who's yeah. a little bit more like quick. Yes. Somebody who's not like so like power-based slamming on the ground. Somebody who's like agile. Um, yeah, that kind of brought something out of Kenny. And I mean, who are his last big opponents? I mean, the Ray Phoenix one. Yes. You know, I guess, you know, this is comparable. You know, that's a bet. But th that was definitely a little more high-flying flippy. But just in terms of just, like, going at it, you yeah. know. And, like, just the speed that Kenny was kind of doing stuff. But, yeah, I'd say that would definitely be another one where he was similarly kind of at this level yeah. for sure. In, in kind of a different, you know, like, Danielson, you know, is not necessarily flippy. But, you know, he's... um. Not necessarily Rolly either. Yeah, it, he's it, just, it, it's very, it's he's very, little, but yeah. he can kind of do well, it all. Well, it, it, it's very like, you know, there, it, it's power, but it's very swift. Yes. You know. He's swift. very quick. Yes. And, you know, kind of the whole time, like, Danielson was working the back of Kenny, and, or excuse me, the arm of Kenny and, uh, 
Uh, and the whole time, Danielson was working the arm of Kenny with kind of submissions. He stomped on his arm a uh -huh. few times and was just twisting him around. And Kenny was working the back and neck because, like, Danielson did have legitimate neck injuries. And, you know, that's just kind of... They were both targeting those body parts very well. And... You know, Brian kept trying to get him in the LaBelle lock, and every time he would do that, Kenny would fight out of it. He did his Termin Rise of the Terminator flip, where, like, the crowd does the... Which oh, he would yeah. do, like, every New Japan match, and, like, rarely does it here. And, so, the, and the crowd knew to do it, into it like, like yeah. wow. So that was always... That was always the, 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 the global reason. Cause, yeah, because Kenny in the ring does it, too. See, it's pretty cool, but I guess, for me, I just underestimated the global reach of the Terminator. Franchise. Yeah, yeah, because he used yeah. to wear, like, Terminator gear in New Japan oh, and okay, shit. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, like, I actually have... You may have seen... I, the, I think I have seen that it. That shirt yeah, yeah, I yeah. have, the cleaner, where he's got, like, the half-face mask. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was I've kind of his, his okay. gimmick, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but they they pulled out the fucking avalanche dragon suplex yeah. from the top rope, which they did it safely where Danielson flipped around. Yeah. But like when he did that shit to Okada, like he just landed right on his head. And it's yeah. like, how is he still alive? Yep. But again, you saw a lot of these moves that he hasn't really done much in AEW. And it was just, it was amazing. Um, and, you know, even just at the very end, um, you know, it just got so quick. And at one point, I think Excalibur's like, there's 45 seconds. And, and then just all oh, it was punch, kick, slap, you know, chop. Like, they're just going at it. Yeah. And I loved how even, like, at the end. And Kenny hit, what, probably 10 V-triggers. Yeah. Like, the V-triggers he was hitting in this match was also, like, like very, next level. Yeah. Very for loud. Sure. You know, they're like yeah. that's the best part about the V-trigger. It has that, like, slap, you know. And he hit a big. And we know they suck. <laughs> oh, they definitely suck. Um, he hit a big power bomb at one point too. Again, there were just so many great moves. Can't even cover all of it, but I love that after the bell rang though, they were still fighting, still fighting. And then Brian tried to get him in his submission hold, the bell lock, even after the bell. Well, I, well, he tried to get him and he couldn't get his hands around his neck, but then after the bell he did. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then that's what brought out Cole and the Young Bucks, which, you know, at first they kind of were just like consoling Kenny, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they went and triple super kicked Brian in the uh -huh. corner, which brought out Christian and Jurassic Express, which obviously build towards the match at Rampage. But, whoo! Yeah, I would yeah. say uh, this match exceeded expectations. I would call it probably the best Dynamite match ever. Um, I think I tweeted this, but I think Kenny and Pax 30 minute Iron Man match from early 2020 is up there. The Kenny Phoenix match you mentioned, uh, Brit Thunder Rosa, and then, uh, Santana and Ortiz and best friends had the parking lot brawl that I think preceded you slightly, but yeah, just amazing, amazing stuff. And just can't wait to see more from these guys and can't wait to see, Danielson just wrestling other people. Oh yeah, too. <laughs> like what a great kickoff on like the road to full gear too. Yeah, like, this is when it really starts. Yeah, I feel like. And Hangman again. We don't need to dig in, but like I feel like he's still got to be the one that takes the title off Kenny. I hope. But you know, thinking that it'll likely will be Danielson Kenny at full gear, but we'll see. A lot of time left. Yeah, definitely. So, whew, so I need a breath after that one. Um, Whew. Yeah, that's one of those matches you need a cigarette after, that's for sure. Put that cigarette out. So uh, we follow up with the CM Punk 
doing his kind of weekly talking time in his hoodie, but it wasn't an AEW hoodie. I don't no. know. It was just a straight black zip-up hoodie. Yeah. Um, doing his kind of like state of the state of the yeah, uh, state of the union yeah. address. Yeah, like that's what he's been doing. Yeah. Too. But this, I think, was probably his best promo because he just had that fire and that passion uh-huh. after getting not put through, but almost yep. put through the table last week by Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, and, you know, he basically calls out Team Taz and said, like, that pissed him off last week, but it goes away when his music hits. And, you know, I love this part. He's like, it's been so long since I've felt this. It's been so long since I've needed this. And, yeah, he was just so passionate out there and, you know, essentially said they should have broken his neck, but they woke him up and at Rampage, Powerhouse Hob goes to sleep. And then he... Hugs his heels co-star and former Bullet Club member Stephen Amell at ringside. Uh, yeah, thoughts on the promo? Yeah, you know, it was like, um, did what it needed to do. Yeah, it did a build, good yeah, job yeah, to yeah, build yeah. the match. Yeah, building toward that. You know, uh, like, I can't, like, you know, like him being some sort of a, you know, I don't, like, what, what's what's the word? Like, like, I guess, like, you talk about, like, the pipe bomb promo and stuff. Yeah. Like, this seems like a lot more, like, I guess you said he was a heel during that build, yes. right? And, you know, I guess this is, you know, definitely more face stuff. Oh, for sure. But, like, it, it, it's nice to hear. It, it's nothing like, you know, how you, because I've never watched the pipe bomb. Yeah, it wasn't yet. anything yeah. earth-shattering. Yeah, 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 yeah. not earth-shattering or exciting, but it's, you know, it's like a nice, like, let's check in with Punk. It excited you know, you me. Know, I, I like that. I don't want it to stop. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it's got its gear. And it's, it's more so it. just seeing him pissed off and passionate that, yeah. like, we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, you know, like, definitely when we get the, I assume, eventual him and Ricky Starks fight. Hopefully him and Hook, too. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's what the internet wants. And then uh, we had Mr. Mid, MJF, defeating Brian Pillman Jr. in nine minutes, five seconds. Interesting note that uh, Pillman had only Julia Hart with him and no sign of Griff Garrison. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, they've been, you know, they've challenged for the tag titles. They've been contenders for the tag title. And he, you know, he showed up in Cincinnati, but it's like, I don't think he's hurt or anything. Where is he? He needs to be out there. Well, I think, you know... Maybe it would make MJF like it's hard to make MJF not seem healy. Exactly. But I think having the two on one, you know, that would be yeah. something I feel like a heel would do. And I think you know, sort of the you know, in terms of logistics, I, I guess that 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 would be my reasoning behind it. I guess. Yeah, I just think Garrison should be featured. But uh, so obviously, with a thirty-minute match, you know, the rest of these matches aren't going to be super long. But I think credit to AEW. You know, we've talked about commercial breaks and how they've poorly timed some of their shows recently. I thought this one was timed out great. Like, that... Even the main event still ended up getting about 15 minutes. But this was one that it was very solid for what it was, but I think could have benefited from three to five more minutes. Probably. But like, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Pillman, you know, this was definitely his biggest singles match to date by mm-hmm. far. I think he had a really nice performance. And of course, MJ. I mean, MJF was going to get the win, and he always did great. And kind of had that scuffle with Julia Hart that was in, like he kind. of, I don't know if he grabbed her, but they, she was oh, like did. she pushed him in the face, and then he was like, "Hey, you, hey, yo, <laughs> Julia Hart. You know, you look like a cheerleader from the NBA team in Orlando, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get hit by Brian Pillman because it's going to hurt, and it's going to, you know, make me want to go home." <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Pillman got a lot of offense in, and 
you know, MJF was working the arm, working the arm, working the arm, and ended up, um, you know, catching him off the top rope into the salt of the earth um, that ended up with the tap out. But yeah, just a fun match. It'll be interesting to see, you know, because there was so much build up to this. Like, is this it? Or do they kind of, maybe they do the Varsity Blondes against Wardlow and MJF, yeah. something like that. But yeah. it feels like after so much build that this might not be it, but it was a clean win yeah. by MJF. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, in terms of, like, both of their standing, like, you know, MJF is there to elevate Pillman, you know? Yes. But, like, but I kind of think, like, you know, with MJF, like, I feel like his next suit has got to be with somebody who is a bit more established than him, or at least on his footing. Yeah. And I, you know... I'm actually, you know, now that I think about it, like, don't really know who that would be. I think this this served as a bridge to get him back over after losing to Jericho. Right. So I think this was successful in that. It did give Pillman, you know, more of a spotlight, which he did very well with. Yeah. So I think this was all well and good. But, yeah, yeah who's next for MJF? Yeah. I don't... You know, I think this could stick around for a bit, but obviously it's not going to go to full gear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that and that's the thing. Like, now that we're... Th- you know, a couple weeks removed from All Out, and like you said, kind of on the road to full gear at this point. Like, you know, there's going to be a few weeks where we're kind of like figuring this out, like always. But I assume, you know, once we get into mid-October, the picture will become a little clearer. But always an exciting time as you're kind of transitioning stories. And yeah. uh, um, speaking of which, well, real quick, Jericho and Hager promo with Marvez. Nothing noteworthy, just... Uh, Talking about their match with the men of the year on Rampage, and Jericho said they're going to smack on some big MMA meatheads. More to come on that. But speaking of hopefully ending stories, uh, Malachi Black defeats Cody Rhodes in 11 minutes, 25 seconds. (laughs) Cody with Brandy. And I got to say, I'm excited for Rhodes to the top next week. I'm not even kidding. I think it's going to be a fucking geek. Um... The crowd turned on Cody here. That's for sure. Yeah, they did. Um, um, and, uh, like, I don't know. And kind of everything I, I had sort of read about it, they were like, you know. Like, I guess as a fan, I don't hate it because, like, you know, I definitely was pulling for Malachi Black over Cody. Me too. But it's just like, you know. It uh, kind of fucks with the flow of the match. Because, yeah. obviously, you you plan a match one way. And, of course, crowds flip-flop all the time. Yeah. But I think it really did kind of affect the psychology and the flow of the match. Uh-huh. Which was still a much better match than their five-minute squash they had a month and a half ago. Like, there was some good stuff in this, although Arn kind of fucked up at no, the end. Did, like, yeah. that was... I was like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. I guess he was on the apron, and, like, Cody was pointing that he, like, needed to go to the other side, and I guess he fell, too. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then, like, Brandy was, like, with him, and then he's, like, all of a sudden on the... Like, that was just a big fuck-up that just kind of took away from it. Yeah, it was pretty, ba- pretty, pretty baffling moment that he flopped. Yeah, I mean, he's, Andy Reid's probably still just reeling from getting his ass beat by Lamar last week. Oh, yeah, so, um, I haven't called him Andy Reid in a while. <laughs> we haven't, no. So that's what just popped in. Yeah. Um, but he ended up winning with the black mist to the face yeah. as well, which I'm, I'm always down for a misting. Like, that type of shit is like just geeky wrestling stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of didn't really like, like like wasn't definitive. Wasn't definitive, and, and for a match that was just like the, this wishy washy, it was just like well, okay. So that's why it might not be over yet because it was kind of. I know, like I want to see Malachi doing other things, like get him away from the Nightmare Family. Like clearly, 
Get everyone away from the nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, 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 they've just been like a mid-card wasteland. And we just lately, need Cody to know? get... Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. We just need... Like, Cody is fine. I, I like Cody a lot of the time. I'm not going to be cheering for him a lot, but he can put on great matches and has done so. Yeah. But 2021 has not oh, been his no, year. Oh, no, no. The, the QT Marshall Anthony thing. Anthony Agogo. And the, yeah, all of this has just been kind of... Yeah. You know, I can't even remember what he was doing earlier in the year at this point. Like, who did he fight at Revolution? Or, like, Double or Nothing? Oh, it was Go-Go-Go at, yeah. at one of them. Yeah. Did, he, did he even fight at uh, All Out? No, because he was kind of taking time off oh, from this. Oh, baby. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Dumb so, shit. I don't know. We need fresh feuds for both these guys. But, again, as we said, it might not be over yet. He did, uh, he hit the black mask kick early in the match, but Cody rolled outside. You know, and, again, there were some good moments. Cody had the Cody cutter, the crossroads, you know. But, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on. Please. <laughs> Uh, then there was a Miro and Sammy promo, you know, building towards their TNT title match next week. I know Miro said something funny about his wife again. I can't remember. And Sammy said if he wins, he's going to buy Fuego a new car. Oh. Does Fuego need a new car? Well, because he lost it last oh, week. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the... Because I know we were off last week. We didn't cover it. But yeah, he lost the match on Rampage. And even though Miro said he didn't want his car, I guess... In kayfabe, he still got it, you yeah. know. And then, Sting and Darby Allen defeating FTR in 9 minutes 30 seconds. And this was, for me, easily the second best yeah. match of the night. And by God, if Sting doesn't continue to impress, I'll tell you what. Like, he just, it's incredible how good he looks oh, out yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, he, he's been against, what, like, men of the year, like you yep. just had. And then, uh, but I think FTR is a really good, great opponent, great, great opponent yes. for him. Because they can, like, you know do these real kind of like brutal sort of slow paced matches and keep them exciting. They can you know, make anyone look good. They can, yeah. And they're good for like longer matches too. And they definitely gave this its time. Sting spent a fuck ton of time in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like compared to Darby. And was you know? doing yeah. high paced stuff and, you know, cross body blocks and clotheslines and taking spine busters. And yeah, it was uh, just, I mean, this is probably the best Sting has looked and that's saying something. What are you laughing about? For some reason, that Paul White match just popped back into my head. Which one? Against QT? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I guess I was thinking back. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, Darby. And I guess I thought about Punk Darby. And that, that came like oh, right after that, right? Yeah. I'm just talking. I look up and you're just dying laughing. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, but yeah, Sting was definitely in the match longer than Darby. FTR looked great, as always, like you said. Like, they're just so good at tag team wrestling. Yeah. And again, I've said it last episode, but I'm just so happy Cash Wheeler is not seriously hurt and yeah. they're just back at it. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, I wanted them to get the win here. I didn't think they would get the win, but I feel like they just need a little steam. Like, they've been kind of stuck in a mid-card wasteland and they're better than that for oh, yeah. sure but you know this is a high profile match but you know since kind of the pinnacle inner circle stuff has kind of sputtered off like they just need a little more momentum and yeah. you know that very well could be coming but i mean i mean i would really love to see them go against lucha bros yeah i mean we've talked match. about that like not a ton of heel tag teams right now you know them men of the year you know those are kind of like two of the top 
heel teams, you know, at, Young Bucks could always get a rematch, and, you know, they can do some face-versus-face stuff. But yeah. I agree. I think, you know, that match will likely happen at some point. Um, but, yeah, just uh, good stuff all around. Um, anything else from the match, really, to note? Uh... Not particularly. You know, yeah. like I said, it was pretty, you know, just a pretty just great, exciting, exciting match all around. Yeah, the pace you know? was good. You know, even though FTR, like, they're not known for, like, fast-paced stuff, but they work so well that it just, everything flows and makes sense. Oh, yeah. And, like, this match was truly, like, it's crazy that they can make this match, like, a showcase for Sting. Yeah, in the I ring. know. Crazy stuff. Yeah, and it ended with him uh, having the Scorpion Deathlock on. Dax and Wheeler tried to break it up. Darby Coffin dropped his ass, and then Dax tapped out. Then there was a brief recap of the amazing uh, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho promo from last week's Rampage, which we didn't discuss, but that was awesome stuff. And, like, in terms of, like, a fast track, like, they did it for this match, yeah. and it worked well because, you know, Ruby won the Battle Royal, and, you know, there wasn't a... There'd been those tag matches that we had seen, but like this, that promo really accelerated. And Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeats Ruby Soho in 13 minutes, 20 seconds to retain the AEW Women's World title match. Title. Uh, yeah, just another, like this whole show, like everything was good mm -hmm. at its floor. Yep. And I'd say this was slightly above average, maybe even a little more than that, but it was a very... Well-worked, solid, fun uh, match that, unfortunately, uh, Jamie Hayter got involved at the end, costing Ruby the victory, and she tapped out to the locked jaw. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was great. Yeah, you know, that's kind of about how I expected it. And maybe not the distraction, but, yeah. you know, like, into that. Um, has this been, uh, to you, Brett, uh, Brett, 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 Brett's best title defense? I, would, I think the, the Statlander one, I would maybe put a little above this, yeah. but not by much. I guess this is only the third, right? Right, right. Like, yeah, but this was definitely better than Nyla. I would give Statlander a slight edge over this, but I'd say they're pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, mean, I really enjoyed both of them. I wouldn't put either quite at, like, the four-star level, but, like, three, seven, five. So, like, right there. And that's a damn good match. Yeah. Uh, a lot of super kicks in this match, you know, because Ruby does a lot of kicks in general. Yeah. Britt does the super kick a lot, just like her Adam Cole baby. Um, Britt hit a nice sling blade, as she typically does. Ruby hit a big senton splash off the top. Um, Britt hit the avalanche air raid crash, which is just like a big slamming move off the top. Threw her into the steps at the end, hit her with the stomp. Um, Britt was kind of arguing with referee Aubrey, yeah, referee Aubrey Edwards and Ruby rolled her up and got that really close near fault. Yeah. Yet. Like that was the one moment, you know, I thought Britt or I thought Ruby had a chance to win this. Yeah. Like this to me wasn't a guarantee. Mm -hmm. So I thought that near fall was really good. Um, and yeah, just the, I was excited throughout this whole match because I think Ruby did have that chance and I thought they built it pretty well, but mm -hmm. You know, Ruby kicked Britt, Rebel gets on the apron, kicks her, but then Jamie Hayter kind of slingshotted her, you know, her throat over the ropes, lock jaw, tap out, ball game. And that was that. Um, no, this was a good, you know, a good little match, I thought. You know, like, you know, they definitely fast-tracked the hell out of this. And, you know, it redeemed its, you know, for, you know, having that sort of, like, very microwave-ready yes. Um, you know, uh, title match opponent. Yes. So I guess the next question is, like, you know, so we're thinking... 
building toward full gear? Like, who's Brit's next to you? Do you think it's Thunder Rosa I time? Know, I, it might be. I mean, you've got yeah, almost she's, she's, two months. Yeah, she's still got to fight Jade. Yes. Right, yeah, so, so there was a that. and there was a rampage promo. Who was it? Jade, Nyla, and Thunder Rosa. So it sounds like that might be like a triple threat. Yeah. So I think it would make sense for Thunder Rosa to win that and get the shot because Jade. I mean, Jade's got to get a title shot at some point, but I don't think she's quite ready. Yet. Oh yeah, like, well, she just needs more season and not a lot of TV matches. Exactly. Either. Like when was her, her last? I mean, the last thing she I remember, she her... had Layla Hirsch last week. Did she? Okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, in general, hasn't been on Dynamite much. Like, that was her first Dynamite match in a while. No. Um, there was one other someone I was thinking of, but but that's the thing with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa beat Brit last time, so when you go back to this match, does she beat Brit again and get the title, or does Brit get her win, retain, and then they have this third rubber match in which Thunder Rosa finally takes the title? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean Brit's had the title since, what, May? Yeah, double, double or nothing, double or nothing. Late May. Three yeah. defenses. So yeah. it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah, she could... I mean, you know, she could hold it till Revolution. But, I mean, I don't know. Would they have, like, you know, if Kenny loses the title or Revolution, like, you know, we've been speculating yeah. for a while, you know, like what they do, like, And you they know. could always do a TV change, like Kenny and Moxley. And, you know, I think she, Britt very well will probably defend the title again at least once before full gear. Oh, for sure. You know, I'd love to see a Ty Conti match. Um you know, someone like an Emmy Sakura who's mm-hmm. been doing stuff on Dark and Elevation. I mean, hell, I've, I'm a broken record. Where the fuck is Sheeta? Still hasn't been on Dynamite at all. So, yeah. you know, she's she could be get a rematch at some point. So, But I think ultimately we are building to Brit Thunder Rosa at some point, yeah. probably in the near future. But yes. great show. I would say it's one of the best episodes of Dynamite, period, just because there wasn't a match that I would put even below the three-star level. And just everything, you know, Malachi and Cody was kind of eh, but like it was still had its moments. Right. Um, but yeah, great show. And uh, I guess uh, we'll just go right right into Rampage here, huh, brother? I think I might go get some water or yeah. Hey guys, what's up? I didn't wasn't expecting a call from you guys. Oh, not too much. Uh, we're uh, just kind of trying to get to the bottom of uh, this Greg Goldman hour. Yeah, this bullshit. Greg, this Greg Goldman hour thing. Like, guys, come on. Like, y'all know what's going on. It was on our VGM thing. You all listen to our episode every week, and you heard the Greg thing on there. What happened? Yeah, what was that? Yeah, about that. Listen. I think you guys will understand where we're coming from. But, yes, that uh, Fox Monroe guy called me last week. He Venmoed me and Chad a bunch of dead presidents to spend on Visionaries Global Media. And, yes, he said the only stipulation was we had to air the Greg Goldman thing. I thought you guys would be cool with that. Like during our episode, though? Like specifically, like on the thing you upload on the Internet? Yeah. Yep. Apparently, when you all took his money, you agreed to something. Listen, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just the head of talent relations of Visionaries Global Media. So I'm not trying to spend my evening taking you through all of this. So there's nothing you can do about this? Apparently not. (laughs) As far as I know, listen, this guy offered 
That's a lot of money. So I promise you it's going towards Visionaries Global Media, making the network better. And besides, so far, I kind of think the show's kind of hilarious. I don't hate it. Guys, guys got a good voice for the sport. Really? Really? Like, I'm Diesel. I'm the fucking head of BGM talent, you know, and you think this is a good voice for the sport? Are you kidding me? You're the you're the guy who messaged us who who said, oh, yeah, like after six episodes, you guys are so far along. You guys are great. And you like throw this shit at us. Uh, uh-uh. like, no, like, no, this is silly. And you know it. And Chad knows. Jeez. It. Calm down. Calm down. Do I need to like fly to Cincinnati and buy you a margarita? We can talk about this in face to face. Well, whatever. He, he's gone. Um, hey, let's let's all chill out. What made him wake up on the crazy asshole side of bed? I don't know, man. It's just been uh, it's just been real frustrating, and uh, we're just kind of trying to get to the bottom of this. But we figured Fox Monroe certainly had something to do with it. But uh, sorry for that. Um, We'll kind of figure it out, but thank you for calling us, and we'll be in touch. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you, do you know you know Powerhouse Hobbs, don't you? Hey, Stinger! This thing again. Yeah, I, I know Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> what way to segue into AEW Rampage? Last night. From last night. From, from, from like literally like, sorry, like like 16 hours ago. September 24th, uh, 2021, also at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, one thing to note, I noticed there were seats, because it, it was so elevated, yeah. and it looked really cool, but there were seats behind the stage even, yeah. which you never do, but I guess because it was so elevated, you could see over. Yeah. I would love to see like a picture from that angle, like looking over the stage uh-huh. to the ring. Like yeah. I just noticed that and thought it was pretty wild. Yeah, no, it was a pretty neat setup. You know, well, it had, the, it had that square feel, like a yeah. soccer stadium yes. does. Yes. Yeah, good to get this in now. Hey, so we have CM Punk in his first televised match in almost seven, or in seven and a half years, defeating, you remember, Powerhouse Hobbs in 13 minutes, 35 seconds. And as I was saying, it reminded me, I want to say one thing real quick about Danielson Kenny is when I said televised, Derek from Specifically Devoid brought this up that... Not only is that maybe the best dynamite match ever, one of the best televised wrestling matches of all time. And I didn't, wow. I wanted to go back and look that up and kind of pick some. There was a Ric Flair Ricky Steamboat match from Clash of the Champions from 89 that was on TBS that's five stars, legendary. But I, I, it's just something I want to like think about now. So, and, so does this not count New Japan ones? No, because those aren't like on television. Like you have to pay for their streets. So, like stuff. It went in America that, you know, is on Raw or Nitro. Okay, so, or so, so, so it eliminates all... All pay-per-views and, yeah, <laughs> let's just toss Japan out of this. So this could be something maybe for next week. I just want to do a little research and, uh, you know, not talking about it in the right spot here, but it hit my brain and uh, back to Punk versus Hobbs. Um, you know, not as good as his match with Darby, but, again, just really solid, good stuff. I like yeah. that he was wearing the trunks and not the pants because... Yeah. The pants just looked so unnatural. 
but yeah, I mean, again, he proves that as the fans are going to continue to serenade him, he's still got him. Hobbs looked really good in his spot. We got some hook involvement. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, I thought this was like, it had the mark, like for a lesser wrestler, like of his size, it would be this whole like, you know, like, you know, when they like, and, and I don't mean this is a bad comparison, but like whenever Kingston, you know, like whenever he fights Archer, whenever he has those moments where he tries slapping him and the big guy's like, no, that doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, they know sell it. And like this, like, you know, that has a good storytelling element with Eddie Kingston's character. But normally with the smaller guy against Hobbs, I feel like they would go that angle, go with that overpowering angle. There'd have to be trickery. Mm-hmm. But no, with Punk, you don't have to do that. And that made for an inter- entertaining match that like, you know, let Powerhouse Hobbs be that big, strong force. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't have to kind of like play down. Yeah, you didn't it, have you know? to shove it down our throats because mm-hmm. Punk is good enough and established enough that he didn't need to take the beating the whole time. Yes. Speaking of entertaining, Starks and Taz on commentary together this week. Like, this was Starks' second week on uh, Rampage, and I think he's going to be full-time, which is interesting. I mean, obviously, like Jericho, when he wrestled, he was not on commentary, but I love it. I thought Starks was much better this week, and especially in this match, because it was just uh, Starks, Taz, and Excalibur. And Starks and Taz are obviously incredibly biased for Will Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. And like, just those two just like geeking out and kind of cracking jokes to each other. Really, the whole night, I thought, was just amazing yeah. entertainment. Well, and, and I think that there's a good like role there. Because like, Starks kind of, I think, is leaned into being kind of like a buffoon. Yeah, and a big uh, heel on commentary, Yeah, yeah big heel. Too. Well, and he says things that like... You know, like, like I think he said, I, I, it wasn't during this match, but he said, um, someone bald. He's like, you can't trust a bald person, which obviously is a knock at Taz, too. So he's kind of playing that, playing stupid. Yeah. And I think that really sort of works well for their kind of like, And they just had good you know, chemistry, too. Dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was one quote towards the end that I wrote down that Taz was just going nuts. He's like, bring the wood! You don't want to go strike for strike with powerhouse Hobbs! Just loved it. Um... Early on in the match, Punk kind of flipped off Hook, you know, so like that is continued to tease and like I would like to think that Hook's first match would be against Punk, but if it is, he's going to get fucking throttled. Well, I think, you know, the internet's is going to meme it into existence. I know. Like, like, like it, it seems How like How big is Hook on the internet? It is, the like, Sin Hook thing. <laughs> yeah, like it's become such like a... And even on Reddit yeah. alone, like Hook is a just his own, like everyone loves Hook on Reddit Yeah, too. so like... You know, and I think, like, that would, like, if you're going to do a squash match, like, you know, and it just, it, like, that's what you want to do. Yeah. That is, like, the best version of itself. For sure. Like, having, like, a wrestler everyone loves, like, in this match that people have been building up for humor. And he would still probably get some offense in, kind of like the Fuego-Miro matches. It's like, Miro's going to, it's a glorified squash. Yeah. But Fuego still gets some good yeah, offense. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, I think, like, you know, if whenever you're going to do a squash match, this is the, the, the ripest um, fruit on the tree. Yeah, and at the end of the match, you know, Hobbs basically, or, like, what was it? Hook was on the apron, and Hobbs was charging at Punk, who got out of the way and hit Hook. So, like, the seeds are there now, obviously. Hook, like, choked him last week. Um, another note I thought then when Punk did the super hurricane Rana off the top, then stay, I was watching with our buddy Staves last night. We were talking about this 
where Hobbs had to flip over and he kind of like landed weird on his head and we're like, oh shit, I hope he's okay. And he was, but it's like yeah, that, someone yeah. like Powerhouse Hobbs is not used to doing that. No, movie. no, and no. And that's a big boy. Yeah. So glad he's okay. Uh, but yeah, that was just another note. Um, Didn't, uh, um, I think another um, another little note here, something that Taz said, he called his pecs like canned hams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to call them hams, but like canned, yeah. you know, like, but like, 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 like what a weird thing to say. Like there's a cheapness to it, uh, you know, because yeah. I like spam, you know, like yeah. I'll just go ahead and yeah, say that. Spam's you know, tight. Spam fucks. Yeah. But it's like, you know, um, Canned ham. Spam and eggs is like a big breakfast in like Hawaii. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Spam's yeah. really big. Yeah. There. No, yeah. Fry up some spam. Who, put was some he salt talking on about pe- uh, Hobbs's pecs? Yeah, yeah. Hobbs's pecs. <laughs> I like do can- remember like, that. Like canned hams. God, Taz you know? fucks. There's, that's your tour guide. Yeah. That's your, maybe he'd have Hook with yeah, him. Man, ho- hopefully he knows where to find the best canned ham I in the city. I bet he does. I bet it's fucking I good. Guarantee you like, like, I guarantee you. It better be in the shape of an actual ham, like a can <laughs> that you just like peel off like sardines. <laughs> And I bet he like gets like a plastic spoon. He's like, here you go, you know. <laughs> here you go, Bowman. Yeah. Shove it down your gullet. Number two. Um, and then this led into the aforementioned Thunder Rosa Nyla Jade promo, where they were just all kind of talking shit. So again, I guess triple threat, maybe. I don't know, like, because I guess Nyla. Well, Nyla and Jade have been kind of aligned, so. We'll see. Maybe it won't be a triple threat. Maybe Thunder Rosa will have to get through both of them. Yeah. Because Jade hasn't lost yet either. Yeah. Like, she needs, needs to, lose to lose at some yeah. point. She's kind of got, like, in the sort of powerhouse Hobbs vein, where even though he lost, like, this match, or the, um, you know, I think was pretty For integral. For sure. To, like, Put you know, because he, he was, you know, I know we don't give a fuck about rankings, but he was the number two ranked person, which, like, eventually, like, you're going to have to be like, well. Punk's going to have to start climbing up. and Well, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, you can't, like, you don't, I don't think they want to get him to a point where it's like, oh, yeah, now Powerhouse Hobbs has to fight Kenny. Yeah. You know, or you're just going to, you know, completely shit. You remember him, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've met a lot, I've, I've met a lot of people in the past month. Uh, hey, Stinger! In the past year, you know, wrestlers and non-wrestlers yeah. alike, so, yeah. uh. So they all it's kind hard of run, to remember. Well, they run together. It's t- oh, he's the guy with the pecs like canned hands. Yeah, and they wore the flames. Oh, yeah, that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Stinger! Okay, then we go into the match of the night in which the super click of Adam Cole, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson with, with Brandon Cutler and Doc Gallows, I don't know where Carl Anderson was, defeated Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt in 14 minutes, 38 seconds. Wow, that's a little longer than I expected, but... This was your classic uh, pace at a fever pitch from the get-go and never let down and Mm -hmm. just spot fest and flippy and fun. And while some folks don't really like matches like this, I fucking loved it. Adam Cole is a star. Yes. The entrance, like... Just when, like, the Bucks got their own entrance, and I'm glad Cole got his, because that crowd was ready. It's all about the boom! And just... Is that it, Rage Against the Machine? No, it just sounds like yeah. him. I think they just commissioned the song, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, he looked great, and uh, before we get into the match, we're going to get him in Jungle Boy next week on Dynamite, which is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, this match, like, didn't really take, I wasn't taking notes during the show. I looked up a little bit after. This was just so fast, so furious. Um, I loved early on that Cole had, I think it was Jungle Boy in the camel clutch, and then the Bucks were just kind of bouncing off the ropes like idiots, and then they went and kissed him on the cheek, and Cole had the big smile on his face. Like, I love that type of stuff. It's fun, it's funny, it's entertaining. 
Uh, and, so, and these guys have the chemistry to do it. Yeah, they've been, you know, you know they've done this on the indies and, and, and PWG yeah, for years. Yeah, and like, what a great segue for like the Bucks, because like you lose that big epic match against Lucha Bros. Yep. And you know what? Like, I think I, you know, like I guess you know, for holding the title so long, you think that they're you know owed a rematch. You know, I would be kind of good if they didn't do that. Yeah. And they just keep doing this shit. Yeah. Because this shit is like where they're being utilized the best and they're the most fun. And, and they can got be, their best friend back, yeah, as they've been saying. Yeah, they saying. can be their kind of goofy kind of heel, you yep. know, sort of thing. And then, yeah. And like they'll the, the, still be very relevant. Yeah. The, clearly. The, this obviously. is where, you know, everything is rich narratively and in ring. Yes. Yeah. And Luchasaurus got his hot tag at one point, and he was just fucking cleaning house with his tail whip, spin kick, and, and choke slams. I also noticed, and I think, you know, I may kind of sound stupid for this but his his mouth is green yes so yes. like how many lime jolly ranchers did that take you know like <laughs> a lot yeah i gotta be several i bet it's like molars because that's the reason jolly i kind of don't really like jolly ranchers that much yeah they coat your molars oh yeah you know and i'm just kind of like yeah although it was that. more of like a the jolly ranchers are more of like a lime green whereas this was more of like a darker like a hunter green yeah so maybe he was just eating watermelon airheads Ooh, yeah, <laughs> like that was idea. more that color yeah, but yeah, not yeah. that those really or, 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 fucking or, stain or, you or, or the grass flavored uh, harry potter beans mm. which or just, actually yeah. or just grass yeah it's good maybe he was just smoking dope maybe he was just smoking dope maybe he was just licking paint yes yeah that, that's it did you eat, he had a lot of paint chips when he was a kid, I heard. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, also, drinking Mountain Dew, it turned, mm, yeah, that's how yeah. it works. So, yeah, that was great. Jungle Boy had an awesome moment where he hit, like, a Super Hurricane Rana on Nick Jackson and immediately into the German suplex on Matt, and then Christian followed up with a flying headbutt for a two count. Um, and then, basically, at the end, Cole hit the big Panama sunrise on Luchasaurus, and I thought this was really well executed. Like, immediately, the Bucks slid in and hit him with the BT trigger, and then Cole hit. I don't know if they're just calling it a Shining Wizard. It was known as the last shot in, yeah. w, in NXT, but that running knee. But they, they did call it a Shining Wizard, which, yeah. like, I had no idea that was a move because there's the podcast. Yeah. Shining Wizard So guys. that's, yeah. yeah, that's a, uh, a Keiji Muto who, from New Japan, who is also the great Muta. He does it a lot. Right. Just that, like, running, well, jumping. Well, see, knee. that's cool. That changes my attitude for why the fuck would they name their podcast yeah. that? So, like, you know. <laughs> yes, it is the name of a move, <laughs> largely done by Keiji Muto. Um, and yeah, I thought that ending was just awesome and just a great, great fucking flippy, flyy, yeah. chaotic, yeah. Uh, hot and heavy matchup. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Rampage had a lot of uh, had two big chaotic matches. Yeah. This and and the uh, tag team the uh, jamboree tag, which yeah, I yeah. think was yeah, that was like the light version of this. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and and I thought this balanced it a lot better. Yeah. You know, like you know, like kind of. This lot, was a much better match. It, it was. A lot more personality to it. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of with just the characters. And storyline. Yes, you know, yes, Whereas yeah. that one was just kind of thrown together. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll well, and a lot of these, you know, outside of like the Bucks are people who can wrestle by themselves. You know, who are normally billed solo. You know, like yes. I guess maybe not Jungle Boy now, but in the future. You know, like him and Luchasaurus are, you know, have ripe solo careers versus Matt and Nick Jackson. Yes. You know, they're young Bucks forever. Branded, yes. stamped. And yeah, there was the cold jungle boy stare down at the end, which the match was officially announced, and that's going to be awesome. Yes, it is. And then we have everyone's favorite, Dan Lambert, with uh, which again, I'm, we didn't talk about it last week because oh. we were off, but I actually really liked the segment last week when like Jericho actually came out because it's like now someone is actually stepping to you. Yeah. So like that made it a new element. Now he comes again. 
with, um, well, I guess the, the MMA people don't come till after. So the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky defeat the inner circle of Chris Jericho and Jake Hager in 11 minutes, one second. Um, so yeah, after the match here was kind of the story where, um, you know, Jericho like dragged Lambert into the ring after they lost. And that's when all the MMA fighters kind of came from the crowd. And I thought that was pretty cool how they did that. Yeah. You know, they're coming from different spots, and then there's just a ton and, and, of them. And, and, and Excalibur couldn't get what's that, what's that? You know, like, you know. It's, it's Andre Arlon Jr. Dos Santos, former heavyweight champ. Yeah, I know, yeah. Or he must Yeah, yeah. no, he, he just, his voice was just ping-ponging <laughs> all over the place. But, so this kind of now, let's talk about this, because Jericho brought it up in their promo on Dynamite. <laughs> And these guys and women are getting involved. Paige Van Sant was fucking hit, hitting him in the stomach, which was a geek. But, like, are these guys going to be in a match? Sorry. Huh? The Paul White thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, like, you know, I, I, these I, guys have now gotten involved. They're doing wrestling moves. Mm. Are they going to have a match? Or like, are they just gonna? Like, I I feel like one of them might. I think I think one of them. That Masvidal guy who did like the jumping knee at the end. Yeah. That I don't even think touched Jericho. Right. But. Yeah. yeah. Like like one of them. You know, at, at most. I you know don't want these guys to like kind of crowd to do these like plot matches or these you know. <laughs> but silly it's things. fine for like a one time thing. Yeah. But like get, if, it, if that's where this feud goes, where it's like Chris Jericho fights some MMA guy. Yeah. It's like. Eh, well, you know. I guess it would be Hager, Hager. given his oh legit yeah MMA back. So I don't know if maybe they do it in the cage again, what they did with Wardlow. But I feel like that makes sense with Hager being an MMA guy. Yeah, you could do him versus Jorge Masvidal or something. But I was intrigued by all this. You know, it's like the Lambert stuff. You know, we kind of shit all over it It, a couple weeks ago. It paid off. Yeah, it's starting to pay off. Because Jericho got his hands on him. So again, this is kind of like we talked about, like it's a hit watch part two. Like he's going to get fucking clobbered at some point. And they teased it this episode and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, um, oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. I was going to say match wise too. Um, I thought yeah. Jericho and Hager weird pairing. Yeah, you know? they're not the most exciting duo. No, no, no. no both like especially Jericho, kind of in his old age, kind of. Although he looked pretty good. In yeah, the yeah. Match, he, pull, he pulled off a good fucking lion salt. Yeah, and, just know. in general, like he looked crisp and pretty, pretty yeah. agile. And we've talked about it previously when he was tagging with yeah. MJF, like. Just having him in tag matches is good because he doesn't have to be out there the well, whole time. And with Hager too, there's reasons why like the last few matches he's had like solo have been like Wardlow. Yeah, you know, like he kind of works, you know, as a tag team person sometimes. Um, yeah, the match was fine. You know, I don't really honestly remember it too too much, <laughs> like what actually happened yeah, in the match, yeah. uh, but. I do remember, like, I did love Sky and Paige's gear. Yeah, oh, the, the blue. matching, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Wolverine colors. Yeah, yeah. P- Pages said all ego on the back. He wasn't too upset last night no. at all. In fact, he seemed pretty happy. No, I actually, so, um, I, um, rewatched that today and had my phone out, like I usually do to take Did you watch it on your fucking telephone? Technically. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, like, it, uh. You know, like I was kept on looking for that like money shot of Ethan Page we found and like never came. Yeah, he yeah, had Dan, some Dan, like, Dan, nice shit eating grins yeah, at yeah, times. Yeah, well, Dan but... Lambert's kind of cold as jets a little bit. Yeah, you know, like come on. Well, he didn't even talk this week, no. right? Well, and it's like it's not necessary, but like it's no. fun that like Dan Lambert's like you know he's hit, still tight. It hit a low and now it's bouncing back. Yes, um, but it's like it's, man, there's intrigue now. Yeah, you know there wasn't intrigue when we were in Cincinnati. Yeah, now there is. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I thought Paige and Sky looked good, though, and I love the gear. And, you know, they could be another one of those teams that eventually challenges the Lucha Bros. So, yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, some nice build here, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, then we go to what you what'd you call it, the Tag Team Jamboree. Yeah, the, the eight-man. In which or Santana and Ortiz, the New York natives, and the Lucha Brothers defeat... The Hardy family office consisting of Private Party and The Butcher and the Blade in 9 minutes 43 seconds. I thought this was cool early on. Well, like, just having Santana and Ortiz and the Lucha Bros team up was cool. But they were like, it was like Santana and Phoenix and Pentagon and Ortiz, like, double teaming together yeah. doing each other's moves, which um, I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was an interesting mix. Um, it, you know, and it, took, and it took a little bit to kind of, like, really sort of keep track because, like, Story-wise, you know, these, you know, people really haven't had that much reason to kind of, like, be aligned. Yes. But, like, you know, it made it makes sense from a booking angle from, like, a very, very distant one. And it was fun to see. To, yeah. You know, just pairing up two face tag teams is just a classic trope, too. Yeah. And, like, given it was these guys' hometown. Um, yeah, and again, the match was just, again, chaos uh, and not as flowing well as the Elite match earlier. But... It was still fun and entertaining. Yeah, 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 it was still fun. I mean, you know, anything with like the Lucha Bros in it, you know, like and Private like, Party can like Mark Quinn. He missed it, but went for his uh, mo or, uh, shooting star press where he got so high up, yeah. and also he had the weird colored hair. For the oh first yeah, they, they were in ever. the Nets jerseys yeah. and stuff. Well, yeah, it was like red and green and uh -huh. blue, and yeah. so I wonder if he's gonna keep that. Yeah, no, it, like they like they were fun. Um, you know, no, it was like a good. Like fun, chaotic, wild. Well, sort remember of thing, yeah. Matt Hardy pulled out the scissors and was almost going to cut Ortiz's ponytail. Yeah. And then Orange just came out. Yeah. And just rubbed his hair and super. He hammered Jack Evans. Oh yeah, on big the ramp time. Up yeah, there. yeah, great Orange punch. Yeah, I thought. huge. And then he walked away. And uh, yeah, at the end, the Lucha Bros hit the double package pile driver, Santana and Ortiz into the street sweeper, and that was that. And afterwards. I thought this was going to be Matt Hardy challenging Orange to a hair versus hair match, but he's putting Jack Evans up, and he is having a hair versus I mean, hair Jack match. Evans has long hair, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he's losing that shit. A hundred percent. But, again, we've talked about it. This is a fine little mid-card feud. I mean, yeah. you know, Orange was in the main event at Double or Nothing, so, like, this is a fine, consistent feud to have him in. It's uh -huh. not the most exciting in the world, and he's already beaten Matt Hardy, as we saw in Milwaukee. But, you know, where does it go from here? He's going to beat Jack Evans, cut his hair. Does he, like... Do they go through and cut everyone's hair? Or does it just go straight to Matt after this? I mean, you know, you got to think they're having another Matt Orange match, probably Pro for the hair. Yep. So, you know, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. It's good enough to get Orange on TV. And, um, oh, yeah, then Sammy came out with his damn cue cards and uh, with Miro, and uh, Miro just came and beat the shit out of him. Ripped his card in half. Ripped yeah. the card that said new TNT champ. He threw Fuego off the stage yeah. through the table, and he put Sammy in the game over um, on the ramp. So I think that match will be awesome. Yes, Let's it will just be. take a second to talk about this because we've talked – it seems like at length about who's going to be the one to finally dethrone Miro. And, we you know, we've kind of gone over a number of candidates. Do you think it's Sammy? 
I think there's a really good chance. I mean, well, Sammy's last big match was a loss to Imjuf. Well, and he beat, yeah. Spears he beat Spears in that really good but, dynamite yeah, match. Yeah, but like, you know, big, you know, like... Um, yeah, pay-per-view, pay-per-view type matches. main event, main yeah. eventing match. Um, I think it could be... Um, I mean, really, who else are are they going to elevate to that point, though? Because I don't think, like, I don't think they're going to. That's where like Imjurf is headed. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know if that's where like Orange could be headed. I like know. that could be another person. When someone I mean, else we've and, talked and about. And Jungle Boy is now like all locked up in this feud, so now they're eliminated. Yep, we've you know? talked Cage, but Cage hasn't even been on TV, and I I haven't read enough about it, but I know he's been kind of getting shit on because like he and his wife have both publicly said comments about how he's being misused in AEW. Mm-hmm. Then apparently somewhat one of the commentators, again, I didn't do enough research, like was ripping on Cage on air wow. on like darker elevation. So I don't know what's going on with him, but like the rumors have kind of started swirling of like he's gonna be the first AEW guy to jump to WWE. Because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Which who knows? Again, I don't we're not here to speculate. I like Cage a lot, yeah, and I too. hope he comes back. You know, because he's still under contract, yep. and I think we're still going to see the match against Ricky. Like, I, he might be hurt too. I don't um, know, but I don't think he's really a legitimate TNT title candidate right now. I'm going to pick Miro to win. Yeah, that's I think like like definitely a 60-40 feel. But I would not be surprised one bit if Sammy won, and I'd like to see him win, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Miro. Mm, yeah. Because this reign has just been awesome. Like, mm-hmm. even though, you know, the matches haven't been the top level matches, but they've all been good. Well, and I think, like, there's got to be a good feud that builds up to Because all these yes. feuds have been very, like, microwave yep. feuds. Fast track Or stuff. just, like, the matches against, like, Dante Martin and Evil Uno and Pillman were all just, like, one-offs. But they were all good, yeah. solid matches. Yeah, and, and I think th- there's got to be some sort of a... A much more gradual, natural build to it. And, and yeah, I just don't think this is it. Like I said, 60-40. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yeah. And, and very excited about it. I mm-hmm. think it should be good. And then we got Andrade uh, kind of recapping his win from Rampage against Pac in Cincinnati when we were there. And, you know, just kind of interesting still the fallout from Chavo because he kind of turned on him. And he's got his assistant, Jose, who now has a name. And he's talking about beating Pac again, so I guess that's going to happen again, which I'm not mad about it. The match was tight, but uh, just kind of weird. Yep. And weird. then Penelope Ford, the super bad girl, defeated the Queen Slayer, Anna Jay, in 6 minutes, 48 seconds. <laughs> Thinking about Paul. Oh, something outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, um, whatever. Well, and our next door neighbor's dog's name is Bo, too. So. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, another thing, whenever you're like, whenever you're like, some commentator, like, it did cross my mind when you're like, some commentator was talking shit on Darker Elevation. I was like, Paul White. <laughs> There's a long dirt road and it winds around. No, we need to do it if you recall for that match. <laughs> Just go back to it. Uh, what were we even talking? Oh, Anna Jay and Penelope Ford. Uh, this know, is okay. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. Short match. You know, they've been building this feud with, you know, Penelope's been aligned with the bunny, Anna with Ty Conti. And they've been kind of dancing around this for weeks is that tag yeah, match. And it was a decent enough thing. Obviously, it ends with the brass knuckles. Which yeah, is, the, the knuckle duster, which uh, Excalibur actually used the term last yeah. night, knuckle duster, which I love. Uh, yeah, but and I love Anna Jay, and it's just nice seeing her back from injury, and she's got some new fire and passion, and yeah. she looks great, and has cool gear, and, uh, 
Yeah, um, you know, not too much to say here. Just a decent little women's match. Um, and we're going to get that tag match. Yeah, yeah and, and kind of... Um, oh, and then the Dark Order came, came out. out. Yeah, yeah, apparently yes. apparently with all rifts healed. You know, seemingly, um, yeah. Se seemingly, which, which... Well, no, because Evil Uno walked away. He did remember? walk away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... So, let's at least take a second to talk about this, because we mentioned it a little couple weeks ago about Bray Wyatt. Because Dynamite is in Rochester next week, which is where Brody Lee is from, mm -hmm. who was in the Wyatt family. So the rumors, of course, have been swirling. Is Bray Wyatt coming? If Bray Wyatt is coming to AEW, it's probably going to happen this week, is what people are saying. And based on this little angle that happened, the timing makes sense. But I still don't want to see it. And I still think it's Hangman's job to kind of clean up and bring them back together as I've said, am I going to be mad to see Bray Wyatt? Hell no. It'll be great. But don't necessarily need it. But I thought this was, yeah, interesting storyline development. But Evil Uno was clearly still out. But I'm intrigued by all of it, for sure. But yeah. I still think it's Hangman's job. Yeah, no, and like the fact that this all happened like off screen. Yeah. You know, a little fishy, I thought. So then we get our classic uh, Mark Henry interview with before the main event, and the time for talk is over. <laughs> I dig it. It's a, he's just having fun. Um, but yeah, just this was actually a pretty fun interview because Archer was just like talking over everyone, and Suzuki was talking Japanese, and Kingston was going nuts, and he was just kind of blabbering at one point. But anyway, so. And we get the main event, which is the Lights Out tag team match in which Eddie Kingston and John Moxley defeat Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki in 15 minutes, 10 seconds. I was a bit let down by this match. It was fine. I enjoyed it. We got Homicide, which we'll talk about, and that's not even yeah. someone I know very yeah, well. Yeah, that's somebody I don't I'll, know at I'll all. I'll give you a yeah. little context. But I was expecting more from this. <clears throat> Just given the players here, given that it was an, a lights-out match, unsanctioned, was just a little bit let down. I mean, uh, Archer kind of went to the Toro Yano school and was taping uh, Moxley's hands, you know, beating him with the strap. It just kind of went on too long with not a ton of excitement. Like, mm. someone, I read online, someone said, like, after Kingston went through the table, um, he was out for, like, six minutes. Yeah. Just a long time, yeah, a and then Moxley had his hands behind his back for a long time. Yeah, that they, that 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 kind of was like really, you know, milked in not a good way. It was yeah, just very, and, I, and like for a match that had like you know lots of like tables and outside stuff, it just yeah didn't have it yeah. didn't quite hit. And it wasn't a bad match, yeah. but like let's look back to the the Idaho Potato Classic. It yeah. was uh it was Moxley and Archer against Kenta and Kenny, and like. That being a notice qualification match, like, that was so much better than this. Yeah. You know, when they went in the back and Kenta did the double stomp in front of Sid Gunn, and that match was just, like, crazy and chaotic. Like, this one, it just, like, I don't know, it didn't really do it for me. Yeah, no, I mean... With, and, like, I was so excited, because, like, obviously, you know I love Suzuki, and, you know, it's still awesome having him here, but it's been a little disappointing, but still, I'm not complaining. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so Homicide was, I think, like, real life, he and Kingston are, like, boys, both New Yorkers. I think they've been, like, lifelong friends. Former Ring of Honor champ. 
Um, he was in Chikara, which is another promotion, Kingston and Orange when he was Fire Ant, and a lot of these guys have uh -huh. been in. So he's just a guy who's been around a long time who I've, I don't even know if I've actually ever seen one of his matches, but a name you know, and like kind of another like streets guy, tough bastard like a Kingston. So um, I'll definitely have to go back and watch some of his stuff because I've thought about that at times anyway. The question is, is he here full-time now? Because I think, well, probably not full-time. I think he is or was a Ring of Honor tag champ as of recently. So this is now kind of our first Ring of Honor crossover here. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, it was cool. It was a cool moment. But I think by that point, you got to think this was all in one night. Yeah. And I don't. I guess they probably still did dark matches before Dynamite, but that crowd was in there for probably five hours. Five hours, and yeah. And you could was tell a, there was, they were a little tired. A little tired. Yeah, maybe some people had left. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it just kind of, well, it kind of sucks because you were real hyped on Suzuki, and it's like, if, I feel like they really just kind of haven't hit the mark with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we'll t get, if we get our, if you recall, and you'll hear about our thoughts on that because like Suzuki, and he's 52 years old at yeah. this point. Um, but yeah, it's been a slight bummer, but uh, yeah, the match, uh, match was solid. I can't even remember how it ended. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Kingston put the trash can over, over Archer and, and was just and beating hit, the hit, shit hit, out hit of him with, that with stick. the sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I kept thinking, I was like, is he gonna like you know be able to get that off? And like, you know, wouldn't have been hilarious if he stood up and just had it like you know, very um, Looney Tunes. But I'm surprised that stick is strong enough. But I guess that those trash cans are like what aluminum, pretty easy to yeah, you know, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, and I guess Moxley and Suzuki kept fighting after the bell, which was pretty cool. So I wonder if we're going to see that again. Like, I would love to see that again with enough time. Because mm -hmm. what we saw in Cincinnati was good, not great, and it got cut short. Um, but, yeah, just this was another just very fun show. Uh, the first two-hour rampage, I think it was definitely more front-loaded. You know, the second half I mean, but, I mean, that, 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 that there That's in, pretty standard. Yeah, that's standard yeah. for rampage, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just a great week of wrestling in Queens. And uh, I don't know where – they're headed to Rochester next week. So, yeah, the potential intrigue of Bray Wyatt. And I'm sure they're going to do, like, a Brody Lee tribute of some sort, right. given it's his hometown. So, Get your tissues, everyone. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess uh, let's uh, finally get in our uh, Suzuki talk Cool. Here, eh? I'm excited, yeah. man. Yeah, let's uh, roll it. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. And uh, you know what I've always said? You saved the best for last. The absolute shit for first, right, Hoagie? That's right, Greg. You uh, you invented that saying. I'm pretty sure. I sure fucking did, buddy. And because tonight, for some fucking reason, we're doing the exact opposite. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jim Cornette. Well, hey there, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, hey there, Mr. Cornette. Hello there, Harold. All right, all right. Oh, Cornette, welcome to the Goldman Hour. Okay. Pipe down, everyone. Pipe down. All right, Cornette. Jim. Actually, no. Call me James E. Cornette. Cornette. So, for someone who's worked in wrestling as long as you have and has worked in as many companies as you have, 
Why are you so fucking dumb? What? Who the, who the fuck are you to ask me that question? For real, who the fuck are you, Greg Goldman? I ain't dumb. You know, I'm one of the brightest minds this business has ever seen, goddammit. You're one of the brightest minds? All right, let me ask you another fucking question, all right? Which company did you prefer to ruin? The NWA or Ring of Honor? Uh, hey, Greg, maybe, maybe, maybe a question that's a little less, you know, abrasive, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Oh, shut the fuck up, Goldman. I mean... Ruin? I mean, shit, everybody knows I brought Adam Cole to Ring of Honor until they ruined him, and now he's at that shithole AEW. Man, what the fuck? I didn't ruin shit, and I built Smoky Mountain from the ground up with my good friend Jerry Jarrett. Uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right, Jim Cornette, if you haven't fucking ruined anything, let me ask you this. What are you up to these days? Huh? I mean, the fuck you up to these days? Don't you dare interrupt me, Goldman. You've heard my podcast, The Jim Cornette Experience. I got the finest opinions anyone has ever given. And even that stupid AEW has been doing some stuff right lately. Not too often. They still fucking suck. But Tony Khan's not a bad man. I got, I'm cooking up all kinds of things here, Goldman. I fucking disagree with you that, that. Khan's a bad man, but, you know, wrestling fan to wrestling fan, what you fucking think about the first match? Uh, fucking Dynamite, the fucking 30-minute draw. Oh, shit. I thought it was great. Um, you know, they definitely could done a little things differently. You know, I would have might have booked it. All right, next, next fucking question. All right. So let me ask you this. So you've managed a lot of tag teams over the years, right? Hell yeah. Out of all the tag teams that you've managed, which one did you like to steal the spotlight from the most? <laughs> Well, that's actually a pretty good question. Uh, I'd say uh, Owen Hart and no disrespect against him. And he's a great man. Uh, but that fat bastard Yokozuna, I mean, I'll tell you what, it, it took a lot to steal the spotlight from that big bastard. But I sure love doing it. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I, I fucking agree with you. That fucking Yokozuna, he was huge. He always took up the spotlight. He never fucking wrestled well, you know? He was just fucking no, there. he couldn't do shit. He couldn't even move around by the end. He motherfucker was 600 pounds, goddammit. Yeah, and he, like, like you said, Owen Hart was a great fucking guy, right? Yeah, Owen Hart was great, and I love what AEW's doing with his family with the new partnership. That's wonderful, but yeah, fuck Yokozuna. You know, I absolutely fucking agree. All right, next fucking question. All right. Okay. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. All right, Cornette. Okay. Why the fuck won't you shut the fuck up? Uh, Greg, easy, easy, Greg. I could ask you the same thing, motherfucker. Who the fuck are you to ask me that? Like I said earlier, you're just another Mark with a microphone. Hey, you're on fucking my show, Cornette. You're on fucking my show, right? Who, who gave you the show? Like, this is bullshit. I mean, Goldman... You are lucky to be here. Like, what gives you the fucking gall to have your own show about wrestling when I have my show and there's millions of other shows that don't get any listeners and then do we have to sit through this bullshit? I am not fucking lucky, Cornette. All right? You fucking hear me? Listen, I work too goddamn hard. I put my own goddamn money. I got this nice microphone from fucking Target and you're going to sit here and tell me that I'm lucky? Even though I pulled out this fucking four-leaf clover. You know what, Cornette? You can take this fucking four-leaf clover and shove it up your fucking ass.
fucking show. We're going to get that piece of shit corner out of here. Come back here next week. I don't know who the fuck I'm talking to, but hopefully it's not another piece of shit like this one. I right, get the fuck out, everyone. See you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>